Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Mario, the node defenders behind the scenes. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how United States banking giant BNY Mellon is telling the world that crypto is here to stay, as renowned investor and FTX promoter Kevin O'Leary states that most crypto tokens are worthless. The digital dollar project is expanding into universities throughout America, as Ripple rival Stellar is launching a new fund, boosting smart contracts on XLM. The SEC has leaked information that breaking news is set to be released at 2 p.m. today, and with rumors of a ban on staking and an end to the XRP lawsuit, We break down the details, showing our listeners how this digital revolution is set in stone. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a full house, 211 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We brought some great news for today, and I'm excited to dive into it. But before we do that, Johnny, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've been feeling better. But anyway, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully you're all doing well out there. It's great to see the Joyful One in the house. I haven't been on in a while with Joyful Jackie. So great to see her abs, and I'm excited to hop into it. We got a lot of interesting news coming out yesterday about whether crypto should be here. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hop into and talk about it's this an one. interesting time to be a crypto investor, Johnny. But one thing's for sure, it's better to be getting in this market when assets are down 80 to 90% as opposed to a bull run. But Jackie, I'm looking forward to talking about it during the episode. How are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. Feeling great, Abs. Um, so glad to be on with you and Johnny K. Um, having a great day today. So I'm excited to talk some crypto with you guys. Awesome, guys. We're always excited to see you, Jackie. We're going to start the show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is something we shouldn't be covering every day, but we do anyways. As we're sitting in moderate greed this morning, sitting at a 55, nothing worth addressing to our listeners. When I look at some of the daily movers for today, one of the largest projects that sticks out to me is Chainlink up 8.5%, and we've got NEO up 14% on the day. But when we look at the total coin market cap, we are sitting at $1.05 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 41% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $22,600. Ethereum, $1,600. XRP is $0.40. Cents. Cardano is $0.38. Cents. Matic getting some bullish price action yesterday up to $1.32. And one of our favorites, Quant Network, sitting at $140 flat this morning. So, Johnny, before we get into our news, is there any projects that you're keeping an eye on? I know the AI wave is something everyone's been watching. 
Yeah, I mean, I was already in in some of the AI coins. Abs. I did pick up some. Um, I've been meaning to pick up for a while some uh, some Morpheus and some Osmo, and I finally had some cash, so I did actually pick some up. Not at the best time, but you know, it's one of those things where you know I don't look, I don't count the pennies. I don't worry about that. If I like something, I want to get in. I'll put ten percent in just to get started, <laughs> so I don't miss it in case I. Don't get any more disposable income later on. So I, I did. I grabbed some of that one and uh, those two, I should say. On a, it was a red day a couple of days ago, whenever it was. So I look for the red days uh, and you want to buy in those red days. Never want to buy in a green day. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts about the AI wave taking place today? I got a cool article to show our listeners stating that a lot of large institutions think it's only beginning, but many of the projects we've been promoting or talking about, they're up over 50% since we started talking about ChatGPT. So do you think that's a current wave that's going to come and go, or is that something that's here to stay? That actually got me really excited, Abs. Um, within the 3G Warrior Academy, we called the AI niche within the crypto space probably about a year ago. Um and FET was one of the big projects and AGIX was one of the big projects that we talked about. And that was about a year ago. So those things were trading pretty low now to see them up uh, pretty high. I mean, AGIX just had like a hundred percent gain within the last week. So FET's had a huge gain as well. So pretty exciting. Um, but you know, that was kind of to be expected. It happened a little earlier than we thought, um, you know, it being the bear market and everything, but um, that's the way crypto runs. It's in niches, right? So if you can hit a niche early on before, um, you know, before we get the run up, then you're, you're sitting pretty golden. So don't, don't chase anything that's already pumped. I wouldn't be looking, um, at a ton of AI projects right now. I mean, they might be good for the future. I, I think that they will still run in the next bull run for sure. We might have some more narratives about, um, AI come out for sure with the new, you know, chat GBT and all that stuff. But, um, find a niche that hasn't pumped yet. Um, even within last cycles, find a niche that hasn't pumped yet, and you'll you'll do pretty good with that. Thank you, Jack. Hey, Thank you, Jackie. Adam, what was the peak on that chart? Go back to that graph chart for a second. Uh, so this is only the one month chart, and this touched about twenty three or twenty one cents. I can't believe it got that high. Twenty one cents on the graph chart, and this came in after the AI wave. So we started at about eight cents. And you see how quickly this market can move. And Johnny, not to be cliche and plug Merlin here, but this is why it's so important to have an exit strategy. And we created an app to help you guys execute on that exit strategy. So go check out our 30-day free trial down below to get access to the Merlin app. But Johnny, I want to focus on the breaking news we have for today. And before we dive into that, we got 279 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this breaking news from the SEC. So we got some breaking news from a Fox reporter, Eleanor Tourette, talking about how her SEC government sources tell her to be prepared for a potential big announcement tomorrow. It could have something to do with Kraken FX settlement following a closed meeting at 2 p.m. Could we see settlement terms and have industry ramifications? I'm pretty sure we will, Johnny Crypto. But before we get into it, what are some of your thoughts about the SEC leaking rumors that a massive announcement could come at 2 p.m. today? Yeah, you know, it's it's gonna be we'll see. I'll keep we'll keep our ears open and see what the deal is. Kraken is one of the more um what's the word? Probably more robust, I would say, and secure exchanges out there, abs. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out and, and how they do it. They've all they've been very, very careful of how they've executed in the US. So uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out and um uh, I guess we'll have to wait until two o'clock and see what that what that whole thing pans out. Like okay. if it's just a staking issue or what's happening there. You know, Johnny, I'm going to kick it right back to you here because you brought up something important, which is rumors that there's going to be a ban on crypto staking in America has started yesterday and they started at Coinbase. A lot of these nefarious rumors about the SEC coming after the crypto industry, they come out of Coinbase first. So this is something we should all be taking seriously. Coinbase CEO tweeted out, we're hearing rumors that the SEC would like to get rid of crypto staking for retail investors in the United States. I hope that's not the case, as I believe it would be a terrible path for the U.S. if that's allowed to happen. And we've got some more breaking details I'd like to get into. But Jackie, what do you believe the ramifications would be if we did see a crypto ban in the United States? Is this even a possibility? No, that's not a possibility. People are still going to be able to use it. Um, and I mean, you've got like... Oh, shoot. I forgot the name. Um, changes your location. Um, a VPN? VPN. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, you got VPNs. You got all those types of things. And people get onto exchanges that are, you know, not 
not within the US. I know there's some don't do that, guys. Um, there are some ramifications with that, you know, if you get caught, but um, and your crypto gets locked up. But yeah, there's no that's not going to happen. Um, there probably will be. It'll be interesting what happens with this um, with with Kraken. I don't think that they I think that things will turn out positive for them. They've been a pretty good um They've been a pretty good exchange. I mean, they're top three right now, but that does raise a little bit of concerns um, in the back of my mind, just for the fact that Coinbase wants to be number one, you know? And so when you want to be number one, you're going to try and take down other exchanges, uh, you know, close by or in competition with you. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely, Jackie. And one of the things that sticks out to me here is the SEC has done such a poor job regulating this industry. It seems like they're reaching for the hills. We're seeing them grasp at any straw they can get their hands on. And crypto staking as well as crypto exchanges, they just seem to be in the way of the SEC. So, Johnny, what are some of your thoughts on the SEC banning crypto staking? I'd like to actually make a point. I'm going to take the SEC side here. We saw what happened with Celsius, right? There's two forms of staking that exist. You can stake directly into the blockchain and into the network. Or you can take it through a centralized exchange like Coinbase, and they're going to give you a small percentage of what they're earning by staking initially into the blockchain. So what Celsius did, for example, with XRP is they said, we'll give you 7% on your XRP year over year. And that was phenomenal until there was a collapse and everybody went to take out their XRP only to find that it wasn't there to begin with. And that's one of the dangers of using these lending and staking exchanges, Johnny. So the SEC, if properly regulated, is doing something good for the market, but I'm not sure that's the case. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. Well, a couple of things. There's so much, so much to unpack here. First of all, what we always tell you, not your keys, not your coins. If you're going to give your coins away, if you're going to give your keys away for an exchange in some few points of yield, you know, then you're probably most likely going to lose your money. And that's what's happening when you give your money on these centralized exchanges for earning any earning platform. When you when you trade off for yield, you're giving them your keys. So you're basically saying, hey, you're putting all your coins at risk. That's problem number one. Number two, Gary came out and said he was coming after exchanges in 2023, okay? No surprise here at all that he's coming after them. And more importantly, look at what, how he's doing it. He's brilliant. He's coming after it, and I mean that in a nasty way. He's coming after them through the one easy way to get them, which is staking, right? Because when you offer an interest rate to somebody in exchange, or if you, you, know, you offer a way to make money, that's a direct SEC violation. It's very, very easy to prosecute that. So... Um, he's going to come after all them and he's going to have them all, uh, bending on their knees and don't be surprised if they all stop doing it. Now, the reason why that's because the only way for them to do it is they need permission from the sec. You saw what happened to Nexo. Nexo settled with them, right? So Nexo settled. I don't know if anybody realizes this, but Nexo actually settled with them abs. Um, but the agreement was Nexo cannot offer any earn programs in the U S right now. So they said, okay, we're going to make you pay a fine. You could still exist, and people could put their money there and take loans out, but you can't pay them interest. So what's the real incentive now for people to do that, right? So they're going to go after them. They're going to stop that. Now, the big problem, why is that a problem? That's a huge problem because think about it. These blockchains need liquidity to operate. The way they get the liquidity is through this these staking mechanisms. Now, you did mention there's two ways to stake. You can do it through your own wallet, own your keys, and Kepler wallet and an atomic wallet and all that and do it through DeFi, which is the smart way to do it. And they can't really stop that. Or you could do it through the exchanges. And I think they're going to stop that. Now, the problem is a lot of people don't want to don't know how to use a wallet. It's painful. I was I spent all weekend getting my stuff in there and getting it all staked through my own personal wallet. It's not it's just it's painful. You have to go to different wallets, different different uh, validators. And it's just not it's painful. So the reality is this. Um, I think if this does happen, it's going to hurt crypto because it, you know, you're going to, it's going to, you're going to see some crypto struggling, finding liquidity. That's what I think is going to happen. That's my, that's my, two, that's my eight cents. Brian Armstrong seems to agree with you, Johnny crypto, as he said, staking brings in many positive improvements for the crypto space, including scalability, increased security. And this last one is for the world economic forum, reduced carbon footprints. That is music to their ears, Jackie. But I wanted to show our listeners something before you give your opinion. The top four staked cryptocurrencies by market cap account for over 55 billion worth of staked assets. So meaning that all of those transactions will become illegal, that would be catastrophic, not only for America, but for the entire crypto industry. So I'd like to get your two cents and then we'll break down some more details. How do you feel about the SEC leaking reports of a crypto staking ban and what implications could that have specifically in the United States? Yeah, I really like the points that Johnny made. Um, 
I just want to point out, it's kind of interesting, you know, we have the Shanghai upgrade coming with Ethereum, you know, and, and now all this staking news is coming about. So I don't think there's a coincidence there either. Um, and shout out to Gonzo. He's he's the one who really keeps us up to date on a lot of that, um, on, on a lot of the upgrades and stuff that go. Yep, there we go. They go up. Um, they go on with Ethereum. So that, I just find that super interesting. It would be uh, it would push a lot of people, I believe, to decentralized exchanges as well. Um, get off of centralized exchanges because of that reason, because that's that's exactly the point that Johnny made. You know, people are looking to make money and, and that's kind of the incentive of why people want to keep things locked up is for that liquidity purpose. Um, well, why ex exchanges would want um, to keep things locked up, but it would be interesting to see later down the road what happens. Uh, Johnny, I had a great conversation with my friend Dominic this morning, and he was talking about you can't just outright ban crypto staking, right? They have to come up with rules and regulations that make it illegal in order to protect investors. And one of the ways that the SEC could do that, we got some insight here. It says some industry commenters have suggested that the SEC might go after centralized parties that offer crypto staking services rather than the technology itself. And me personally, I think that's a very accurate statement there. But Johnny, I want to get some thoughts from you. Do you believe the SEC could go after individual blockchains or instead, are they going to attack the third parties offering that interest? No, it's so much easier to just go after the large third parties and block them out. And now they don't have to ban crypto because they've effectively banned crypto without having to ban crypto. They don't want that. They don't want that story they don't want the news lines of crypto. Them, they're you know U.S. bans crypto. I don't. I don't think they want that. Uh, so what they'll do is they'll effectively like call a choke choke point. They'll stop it or prevent it or minimize it by you know rather than banning it. It's like it's the same thing with gun control, right? They're never going to stop guns. But if you stop selling ammo, well, guns are useless. Well, if you make it where it's very very hard to stake it and provide liquidity on the blockchain so they can operate properly you've effectively choked it down to to nothing and i think that's what you're gonna that's how they're you can see right now that's how they're approaching it uh they're you know you said they're gonna so start with cracking today now coinbase is next they're gonna go after the big guys buying the answer they're gonna go after all these guys and say no 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 you can't do that no more and i think that is gonna that is gonna hurt now i agree with jackie though i think that's gonna push people the people who are not lazy and the people who are willing to put the time and effort into it abs they're going to go to a DeFi wallet and, and like I was doing, they're all going to start staking things on their own, which actually, believe it or not, that's the right way to do it. If you think about it, the reason why we got into crypto, everybody, is to actually own your own keys. And the reality is you're giving them away right now. It's actually going to do the opposite effect to some degree. It's going to push the keys back in people's hands. And if people take that and go to DeFi, then, then the thing actually is unstoppable. So we'll have to see how people react. That's going to be the key. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And we got 376 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smack that like button and check this out, Johnny. It appears that several members of the OCC actually agree with the statements that you just made. As one insider agency source said that two high-level OCC executives are quitting over this stuff. There's a clear violation of administrative procedures here, and they're aware of that. So before we kick it to Jackie, Johnny, really quickly, brief thoughts. Do you believe OCC executives are truly stepping down? This is only an inside source. Never a good sign when internal people are leaving because they know what's going on. They have an understanding. And if they're leaving because they they feel like they see something that doesn't look like a bright light at the end of the tunnel, that that's not that's not. Hey, go, Joey. Shout out to the Italian Army. Joey, love you, brother. Um, you know, so at, the, so at the end of the day, by the way, we need everybody in the Italian Army to go out and buy uh, some soap on a rope and send that to abs just in case for future use. I know Johnny, it. my mom actually commented me yesterday and she called me and she said, you got to be nicer to Johnny on air. It's not okay. So there my we mom, go. Yeah. on your side. My mom actually sided with you. So I want to. I want to say thank you to Mrs. Abs if you're out there listening. To <laughs> Mrs. Abs. Mrs. Abs. That's my. <laughs> I don't want to say your last name. So <laughs> to my or to Mama Abs. To Mama Abs. Thank you. Thank you for the support. But uh, but I still love your son. But anyway, um, Johnny, we yeah. appreciate you. I did want to actually address this last question here. It said, so what's your recommendation for the XRP that's sitting in someone's Coinbase account? We know they're currently custodying people's XRP, but they don't offer it on the exchange. We've revealed We've said this throughout the episode. Not your keys, not your crypto. But Johnny Crypto, do me a favor and reveal it again. Well, first of all, number one, we're not financial advisors. I'm not a financial advisor. But for I can't stand Coinbase. I wouldn't have XRP and Coinbase if you paid me. That so bitch would be out of there so quick. I'd be, no, 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 I'm out of there. I don't, I don't keep my XRP there, Abs. Most of it is in 
you know, you could put it in Zoom wallets or you can you could put it on some exchange platforms. I've got mine spread out in multiple places so that uh, if one goes down, it's it's good in the other. So yeah, Zoom wallet is totally one of the places you can certainly use it in. Although I did learn, <laughs> anyway, another story for another day. But but yeah, so definitely yeah, don't like Coinbase. You don't really want it on any exchange. You want to get it. Now, the bad news is, Abs, there's not very many places that is going to give you interest for your coins. But we just talked about that, right? At the end of the day, if you're holding it for long-term value, don't trade away those keys for, for a short-term game of three or four. Think about it. Let's say you give it away, you, your exchange, they give you three, four percent. You're going to risk losing a potential, you know, all that upside potential because you want four percent gain. It's, it doesn't make any sense, Johnny. And that's why I brought up the Celsius story. They promised you that 7%, but what they didn't promise you is that they were going to give you your initial deposit back. So that's what we saw. People were putting in their XRP, excited about holding their crypto and getting that 7%. What do we find? A classic rug pull where at the end of the day, people were doing things that they said they were not. And Jackie, I wanted to get some of your thoughts, but we got 411 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto is sending me soap on a rope. And I couldn't be more thankful. <laughs> I'm kidding. But Jackie, I wanted to get some of your thoughts before we continue with the news. How do you feel about the rumors that the SEC is coming out with an announcement today and the fact that a ban on crypto staking could be what's coming? I, I have to hear this soap on a rope story now. I'm curious. but oh, yeah. uh, I'll tell you after the show. I don't know if it's okay. a bad <laughs> It's just very <laughs> simple, Jackie. Abs threw me under the bus. It's that simple. Hey, <laughs> All right. It doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me. <laughs> you soap on a rope too, Abs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, guys, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens later today. Um, just like you said, abs, um, a lot of, a lot of centralized exchanges. I mean, it kind of started off that way with crypto, right? All of it was kind of a Ponzi scheme. They promised a certain percentage, but that was just to get the liquidity, like Johnny said. So, um, I will, uh, back those comments, you know, keep your crypto off of centralized exchanges. Um, use it as an on and off ramp guys. Um, I mean, uh, what is that? That looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what it is. That's a saying. So hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it's a it's a great point, Jackie. And one of the things that we've seen from day one on this show is they're going to tell you one thing while they do another. And we have a primary example to show our listeners today. As U.S. banking giant BNY Mellon says, executives are excited about digital assets, and even went as far as to say crypto is here to stay. Johnny, you're going to love this update because we got some hard evidence. And I know you love the facts, figures, numbers, logic. Well, we got some hard evidence today. They conducted a study which found that 91% of custodial banks are interested in investing in blockchain-based tokens. 86% of institutional players are adopting a buy and hold strategy, which may suggest that the cryptocurrency market as a long-term play. And we always talk about the four-year cycles on this channel. It seems that many of the largest players in this market agree. If you're willing to buy these assets and hold for three or four years, you're going to be a massive winner. So before we continue with the show, Johnny, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. 91% of banks around the world are excited about crypto. What does that do for your investing strategy? I mean, here's the problem with that. So while that's great news that 91% are into it, I was reading up on articles that the SEC keeps declining all these, all these banks from getting custodial permissions. So the reality is they want to do it, especially the bank in uh, Wyoming. They're trying custody i think or i forgot their name but they got declined three four times from the federal reserve they can't get permission to to custom so you know you're seeing behind the scenes um a lot of these these banking firms or agencies that have to give the rubber stamp for these banks to custody or play in the crypto space abs they're they're either a they're being declined or b they're being going they're going after them so silvergate is under extreme pressure right now they're a big crypto friendly bank so it is very scary that, you know, we all gearing up for the bull run in 2024, but everybody knows about it now. And so when people know about it, well, that's a problem because we know that usually when you know something's going to happen, guess what? It typically doesn't. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out in the long run. Um, I'm excited to see that there is totally interest apps. The problem is the players who are in control, there is no interest on their part because it's because this is uh, this gets them outside of their system, their monetary system. So you are going to see. I mean, and, you know, we're going to talk about this tomorrow with Yusko. There's a big battle. Yusko said it. You know, we're in stage three right now. You know, what they call this stage the fight you stage. They it is being there is being punches and right hooks and left hooks being thrown right now at crypto and crypto is trying to dodge. But we really need 
People need to like, like, like DZ talked about yesterday, right? Or was it DZ? I don't know, but we talked about the NRA, right? Or, or you know, they, they're there to help, you know, support guns, right? You need somebody there to fight for that as well. And who's going to be leading the charge for crypto, for, for, for the decentralized portion of crypto? That's going to be the interesting thing. We need to see a group rise and stand up for that. Absolutely, Johnny. And one of the things that caught my attention here is we revealed a JP Morgan survey last week, and they stated that 72% of institutional investors were not excited about crypto. Well, BNY Mellon released the exact opposite data, telling us that 91% of custodial banks, they're not only excited about the cryptocurrency industry, they're holding these assets for the long term. So Jack, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. 86% of institutions plan on buying crypto and holding for three or four years. What does that do for your investing strategy? And does that validate the four-year cycle narrative? Yeah, I think Johnny made a good point. A lot of people, you know, narrative and and like reiteration is huge within this space. You know, you start seeing how people um, put something out there uh, and then all of a sudden everyone else jumps onto the train. It, the same thing happened with the top of the, the bull run last cycle. You know, everyone said 100K, 100K. And that was thrown across the space. Well, it didn't happen. This is kind of the same thing happening here. A lot of people are saying 2024, 2025. Um and, and that may be another case, you know, we might see something different. I don't know. Nobody has a crystal ball. So nobody knows. Um, I did find it interesting though, within this article, I'll point that out again. Something that I've been saying on the show is, uh, the verbiage that they use, you know, they say blockchain based tokenized products. Um, when they, but they use that in equivalency sometimes with cryptocurrency. A lot of people who see these nudist articles get tripped up or get confused if they're not um, super technical with the verbiage within the crypto space. So um, pay attention to that, guys. Blockchain, it will be utilized. Any, any media, any news article that comes out, um, like the Kevin O'Leary thing, he said, you know, a lot of cryptocurrency uh, will is not here to stay. It's going away, things like that. Um, but the article we just read, you know, blockchain based assets are here to stay. So a lot of these big time investors are looking for those utility based um, crypto cryptocurrencies that have um, real world usage on blockchain. Guys, I'm excited to show you a list, a video later in this episode talking about how the XRPL cannot run without the internet. There's been a lot of rumors talking about how XRP could function if we had a blackout. We got a video and an interview from a Ripple developer stating how that's actually fake news. It's not the case. But Jackie brought up something very important, which is that Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary says that most crypto tokens are worthless and they will eventually go to zero. So I want to explain this for our listeners. Johnny, this is a classic play on words. Right now, there's over 22,000 crypto tokens existing. That means if 1% survived, we'd still have 220 crypto projects in this market that are legitimate. So what are your thoughts on Kevin O'Leary's statement? I don't want to waste our time reading through what he said. I basically gave you the gist of it. Do you think it's legitimate? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. There will be a good chunk of coins. There's actually 10,000. There's 22,000 total coins. There's 10,000 active coins, Ebs. And of those 10,000, probably 500 to maybe 1,000 survive. At least that's what's been the discussion. And I think, um, you know, I, I think that that's there's probably some legitimate truth there. I don't disagree with that. But I think what's really important is Mr. Wright got it right again. This is so true here, guys. Use an exchange, as we were talking about earlier, to get on and off of your coins, but then put it in cold storage. But somebody said something else that's so important. When you buy your cold storage, guys, do not buy it off of Amazon. Do not buy it off of eBay. Make sure you're buying your your hard wall or cold, your hardware wallets um, directly from the manufacturer because what's happening is folks online are buying them. They're changing or they're capturing the secret code, and then they're reselling it, and now they have your keys. <laughs> so never, ever, ever buy your hardware wallet on anywhere other than from the manufacturer direct. Absolutely, guys. And one of our live listeners said, what time is the announcement today? We got this new feature down below. I just added this to scrolling bar 2 p.m. today. We're getting an SEC announcement. Could be on crypto staking. It could be on a Kraken news. And a lot of people in the XRP community are speculating we may have some XRP news involved as well. But Jackie, you originally brought up this article, so I'd love to get some of your thoughts here. Kevin O'Leary said 10,000 tokens currently exist today, and most of them are worthless. They'll eventually go to zero because the lack of volatility and the lack of volume, they're slowly becoming irrelevant. And CoinMarketCap currently shows 22,400 crypto tokens, but actually there's only 10,000 that currently exist. So really briefly, Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on crypto regulation and the fact that when regulation comes in, many of these crypto projects will go to zero? Yeah, he's definitely right about that. Um, but this... 
this is the exact thing when it comes to these types of news articles, you know, that someone who's not well versed in the crypto space, who doesn't spend their time looking at news articles every day, they're going to read this and completely avoid cryptocurrency, completely avoid blockchain. Um, and, and that should not, you know, and that, that should not be the case. You know, someone should, should understand that there are still relevant, uh, coins in the space or there is still technology relevant and they should look more into it. So, so that's kind of the point that I was making earlier. Jackie, and one of our listeners commented something funny. It said, Kevin O'Leary got wrecked and now he's a bear. It will go to zero is what he's saying. I don't know if that's what he's saying here, guys. I think he's just a play on words. It reminds me when Gary Gensler went and spoke to the United States Army. And I think there was like 10,000 Army officials in attendance. And he told them, stay away from cryptocurrency because we are yet to see the apocalypse. When regulation comes in, all of these projects are going to fail unless they're legitimate. But guys, we got 430 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, we've got breaking news around the XRP, but also we've got some breaking news for Stellar as well. And this is some really, really positive news for the XLM community because smart contracts are becoming mainstream. The Stellar Development Fund revealed today a separate $10 million funding line opened up with its community fund, but it's only going to be available for certain initiatives. The developers who field specifically activity lies on improving smart contracts built on XLM. Soroban, which is the name of the smart contract platform, is currently testing and expected to launch in the first half of 2023. Earlier this year, they opened up a $100 million adoption fund, which was established to support this development and to provide a complete developer experience in order to scale and access financial rails through the Stellar blockchain. Johnny Crypto, we know JP Morgan's been rumored to be tokenizing traditional assets using Stellar. Well, now we're having those capabilities rolled out in 2023. This gets me very excited. I'm going to pull up the price chart where you give your two cents. What's this mean to you? I, it just feels like it's a little late to the part. I know Ripple did this, I think, like two years ago. They created a fund. I forgot how many millions of dollars they put out for developers, maybe $25 million or $250 million. So that develop, you know, to encourage developers to go do that. And, and it's a smart, probably, thing to do. It just feels like, why now? Why wasn't it done two years ago? But I guess, you know, always better late than never. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's definitely some promise in this technology. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it all goes at the end of the day, Abs. But, um, you know, it's great to see that they're investing in themselves and they're investing in this in this blockchain. They want to push it out there. And frankly, I've got XLM in my bags. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Absolutely, Gonzo. I mean, sorry, absolutely, Johnny Crypto. It's like Drake says, do what they do and not what they say. Sorry, HN commented that actually. But Jackie, I wanted to get some of your thoughts. The Stellar Development Fund revealed a small $10 million fund in order to enhance smart contracts. But that's not what gets me excited. This is actually going to be rolling out in the first half of 2023. And in order for them to have smart contract capability, that's how you get the big banks involved. So it's a really good sign for us. What's it mean to you, Jackie? Yeah, I agree with what Johnny said. They're kind of late in the game, but it's not too late uh, for sure. They're still relevant. They still have time um, to to develop their their blockchain and add smart contracts and things like that. Um, I do want to point that out. That's why we love um, XRP so much. That's why we love what Ripple has done with their blockchain and their technology. Um, going to Apex and seeing all of the, you know, they they started funding early. A lot of people developed on their chain, and that was something that they really pushed for at their conference was um, kind of empowering the people to continue development and kind of help help. They're very much a welcoming um, community and to help develop uh, their blockchain, develop their their technology. And that was something I really appreciated when I went to Apex. Um, and that's something that a lot of these other companies could learn. I mean, you see kind of stragglers like XLM, Tezos, things like that. They kind of are a little late in the game about or even even marketing about it, you know, or or providing funding um, to people to come and and develop and feel welcome and add to what they're building. So it, it's good to see for XLM. We are definitely advocates of XLM within the 3T Warrior Academy. I know Jeremy, our CFO, is is huge on XLM. So that's why I've, I've kept my bag because he's a very smart man. Um, but yeah, it's good to see uh, one of one of those. It's good to see blockchain, um, other blockchains start to do that. Uh, I, I wish others would do more, but that's something about XRP and Ripple that I really, really appreciate. You know, they've, they've done it right thus far. And so that it provides confidence still. 
I love our live chat. Somebody commented and said Ripple, Stellar, Hedera, and Casper are all on the World Economic Forum and government radar slash partnerships. They have a first mover advantage now, even if they have some late software. And I think that's really exciting. But Johnny, when I look at the XLM price chart, this is what we call a bear market regression right here. Five Elliott waves came in during the bull market, pushing us from eight cents all the way to about 78 cents. Well, we've completed a full bear market regression coming all the way back to where we started in early 2021. And I think that's exciting for anybody who's sitting on the sidelines in this market saying, when should I get involved? When should I look at starting my dollar cost averaging process? When you're looking at a project that's solid, great utility, great foundation, and also on a 90% discount, that's a great move to me. But Johnny, I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advice. What are some of your thoughts on the stellar price chart? I know that we completed a 90% regression and traditionally that's what happens during a bear market. So if the next bull run is coming and it's next year and it does happen and, you know, barring any governmental interference and things like that, to me, then that's an, this is an exciting time where you would, again, not financial advisor, not financial advisor, but I certainly, if I were new into this space and I was coming in and looking for a point abs, by the way, if you can't do me a favor, pull up the XRP chart. I have a question for you on that. Um, but if you can't, um, but to me, that would be this is an opportune time to start DCAing in when you're in a 90% regression or pullback versus buying, you know, as that someone bitch is going up in FOMO land. You don't want to be in FOMO land. FOMO land is a bad, bad place to be. You want to be in DCA land, which is like right, you want to be in bear land right now. But you know, you you know, so today there's speculation that at 2 p.m. the SEC announcement news that you've been talking about is going to be about um um, uh, XRP. Okay. Yeah. But, but do me a favor, zoom into, to like one week. Can you click on like the one month chart? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah okay. The news won't be about ripple today. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say, based on that chart, there is, I'll be very, very surprised if the news today is going to be about a settlement in the XRP case. That's what I keep seeing on Twitter. And I keep seeing news are, but looking at this chart, I've always said it. You're going to see that chart. I think going up, way before we get a news announcement. I don't, I don't, that chart doesn't look like something where there's a lot of excitement going on right now that we're going to get an announcement in three hours, but who knows? I could be wrong. We're going to find out. Johnny Crypto, I want to give you the open floor while I pull up a video in the background. Actually, I showed this tweet last night and I thought you would find it interesting in particular. This is how XRP was founded. So with all the disputes happening between the SEC and Ripple, here is the hard evidence as to why XRP could not be considered a security. So OpenCoin was developed by a man named Ryan Fugger back in 2005 to provide payments online. This concept then transformed into Ripple, and by 2013, central banks understood this evolution in payments, yet here we are in 2023, and we still don't know if this asset is a security. Johnny Crypto, for anybody who didn't know, XRP was not always XRP. It was OpenCoin. It was developed for online payments all the way back when I was just a baby in 2005. Here I am, full adult, sitting on YouTube, talking about how we still don't know if this currency is considered a security. While I pull up the next video we have prepared for our listeners, what does this mean to you? Does this impact your decision at all? And what are some of your thoughts? Well, first of all, you were in diapers and I wonder if Fugger is a hugger. But anyway, nonetheless, I think the interesting thing here is that that's right. This this did not start as Ripple, the company launching a product. They actually went and I think acquired the technology, as you see here. It was developed way before Michaela even came up with the idea of developing Ripple. So Ripple was then formed. They acquired the technology or, and then kind of updated it and transformed it into different um, projects or different uh, products. And then they you know, changed, I think, the name of OpenCoin to XRP. And then they use that as incentive for the blockchain. So that's how the story started. And I'll tell you how it ended. McCaleb had a girl uh, there that he fell in love with. And she was part of the company higher up. And I best of Chris Larson and, and Brad, apparently they all didn't get along and something happened there. And the, the girl threw them apart, you know, like the hell in the Troy story. And nonetheless, they separated. And then McCaleb said, well, I'll just go do it again. And he started uh, Stellar. And that's how we got that. And now we know he left there, too. At the but end of the day, we're all human, Johnny Crypto, right? And if that doesn't prove it, I don't know what does. Because these guys, they're creating the new financial system. And we are seeing dynasties fall because of relationships, which I do think is pretty funny. But guys, we've got 418 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto would never suggest trading inside because we don't even have that information. But Johnny, why don't you close this out here and we'll kick it to Jackie. Well, there's probably a ton, a shit ton of insider trading going in. The problem is none of us. <laughs> not for us. We're not, we're not privy. We're not in the right positions. 
to have all that insider information. But I think as DZ rightfully pointed out, we see a lot of dumping. And I'm sure a lot of these, we know Michaela dumped all over us or all over the XRP holders. Um, and we know there's several other, you know, I'm sure Brad dumped some of his, although, although what's interesting is Ripple's buying it. So could that be happening? Ripple's buying it while Brad's dumping? Absolutely. There's no regulation. Anything could be happening, right? We don't, we don't know. We just know there's a lot of buying and a lot of selling going on and they're propping up that price. Uh, but we'll have to see in the long run what happens there. But yeah, it's an interesting story. And I think it's important for our people to know this is how it actually got started. But nonetheless, abs, the SEC case, the reason why that could still potentially hold water is because Ripple did take the technology. If they did launch it in and in, in say, you know, when they pushed it out there, if they went out and said, hey, you can make some money on this thing and, and they promoted it as a way to to have growth over time, then then they're on the fringe of the borderline of 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 um, of violating some SEC policy. So, again. While that might have happened in 2013, we all know the way it's operating today, it is not a security. And the mind-boggling question is why won't the SEC just admit that? Because everybody else and their mother knows it's not an SEC, it's not, it's not a security today. And that's all Brad wants to hear. If they come out and say that, well, you saw what Library did when the judge came out and said that about Library. Absolutely, guys. I want to give a shout out to Gonzo in the live chat. Shout out to you, Gonzo, always holding it down. But Jackie, I wanted to get some thoughts from you as well. We're about to show our listeners an interesting development between Hillary Clinton and the Algorand Foundation. But before we get into that, do you have any thoughts on the founding of Ripple? And does this change the way you look at the company? Um, No, uh, it doesn't change the way I look at the company. You know, present moment, present day, uh, they are a very, very well-established company. some of that I did not know, though, actually. So that's kind of interesting. I was looking at the chat and there was a lot of comments in there about women and relationships. Damn those women, man. They screw everything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is interesting to know. Uh, but yeah, I I do believe Ripple and XRP will prevail. So so we'll see. To the moon, as they say. 589 mm. is in the works, my friends. And I'm only kidding, of course. But we're about to show you a very interesting video. People always talk about how the XRPL could function if there was blackouts all over the world. Well, this video disputes those claims. We are hearing from a Ripple developer talking about how right now the XRP does need the internet to function. We're going to let this short clip play and go back to Johnny Crypto. Here we go. Uh, I just uh, was going to address, there was, there was a question just earlier about offline transactions. Just wanted to explain how that works. So it's not that the XRP ledger is offline. It's that, like, let's say you were to do a payment on your phone uh, that's connected to the, to the internet and therefore it can talk to the XRP ledger. You could do a payment and then you could have like a QR code that gets generated from that payment. You could present it to a device that's not connected to the internet. So let's say you have like a vending machine or some kind of simple device that isn't internet connected. Uh, the thing that they were showing or demonstrating with this offline thing is that the offline device could actually validate that the transaction you're showing it uh, is a valid transaction that would have, that could only have occurred if it was signed by the actual online ledger. So there you go, Johnny. In order for those transactions to go through when, when there's no internet, they need to be validated within by a technology that has access to the internet. So sorry for butchering that. I just want to state this again. So if you are going to complete a transaction offline, one of those two accounts does need to have access to the internet, but you are able to use a QR code that doesn't have access to the internet. So it's a 50% balance here. Just wanted to get some quick thoughts because we've heard those rumors before. What does this change for the way that you look at the XRPL? Uh, Mute button, Roto. That's probably going to be the case with almost any interaction you have with a blockchain app. If you can't access it, then you know it's not going to be that effective. So, I mean, really anything. Let's say you've got your phone and you've got your wallet and all your coins are on your wallet that's on your phone and you don't have internet access and you can't go in and let's say you want to unstake it or you want to withdraw it and you want to send it somewhere. You're going to have a hard time doing that without having access. You're not going to be able to do that. So that's kind of true in any way. I mean, once you get... Now, in that example, it's a perfect case of, yeah, you have a quick, you just need internet access for a little bit of time. Once you're able to go and pull in that QR code, then you don't need it to complete the transactions. But yes, you're absolutely going to, there's no question about it, that it, 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 it's a blockchain. It, it needs internet access. It needs to have that connection for these things to work. So um, if the internet goes down, everything goes. And that's, and you've heard people say, that's the only way you'd stop Bitcoin. You'd have to shut the whole internet down, right? If the whole internet goes down, you know, nothing works. It doesn't work. Then you go back to old school, baby. 
silver, gold, and well, I want to say paper fiat because it's garbage. But yes, a paper fiat is where we go back to if, if the internet goes down. Johnny, I'm excited to show our listeners this update here as we had a breaking news update yesterday as the Algorand Foundation CEO, which is the woman in the middle of this picture, was taken. She took a picture next to Hillary Clinton, and they actually made an announcement at this event talking about how the Algorand is working with the Clinton Foundation in this new partnership. So this was the official statement yesterday. We are deeply committed to ensuring blockchain lives up to its potential in creating more inclusive economy in India and across the globe. And the reason I think this is so important, somebody actually messaged me and said, should I sell my Algorand now that I've seen this picture? I think it's the opposite. I actually think it's bullish in the worst way. And I repeated this yesterday. I think it's very optimistic, the fact that we are getting corrupt politicians working on these blockchains because we're going to see massive amounts of liquidity. And I know I talked fast and that was only a joke, Johnny Crypto, but I do think it's very funny that Hillary Clinton has chosen Algorand. What does that mean to you? Because their CEO is also a woman and she is an endorser of a women empowerment organization. Is it just me or does Hillary look a little too happy here? I mean, I can see like if, if you had a meme here, you can see the thoughts of it. She's sitting there going, holy cow, here's another way to launder money, right? I, I don't know. I just can kind of see it. That's what it looks like. So I don't know. That's the first impression that comes to my mind. I mean, good. Listen, I love seeing, you know, it's great to see women progress in the space. We know it's a highly technical space, 80% dominated by men. So good for the good for for uh, for the algo. Uh, foundation and, and its leader, you know, to see that happening there. Abs, I think that's actually a very positive thing for the space in general. Uh, ju just to wrap up my comment here of, you know, how does the redundant internet go down? Well, guess what? It wasn't not that long ago. If AWS goes down, uh, you only need three. The whole world runs <laughs> on so AWS, Azure, and, uh, and, and Google Cloud. If those three go down, it's over, right? Forget about it. When that happened, I think about six months ago, for a very short amount of time, Nobody was able to transact in Bitcoin. So it doesn't take a lot. You've only got three or four real major cloud servers that are driving the whole entire internet to shut down 90% of it. So uh, that's how it would happen. But let's hope those days don't come. Jackie, I wanted to get some brief thoughts from you on the Hillary Clinton news. And then we're going to dive into an article talking about how the Digital Dollar Project is leading the CBDC initiatives. And they're actually doing a tour right now, going to colleges around the country to talk to students about this initiative. But before we get into that, what did you think about the Algorand news? Does that affect the way that you look at your investment? Um, no, Abs, I kind of feel the same way you do. Once you see, you know, big players in the space start backing projects like that, it only kind of increases your confidence that they'll stick around. So Algorand is a great um project great product um definitely one that i believe in definitely one that our team believes in as well we talk about algorand a lot on our calls that we hold, host within the 3t warrior academy so i mean it's good to kind of see backing like that uh i'm not a fan of hillary clinton or you know what you don't support women you're not a fan of hillary i mean hillary oh i i didn't say i don't support women at all but i'm not i'm, kidding, I'm not a big fan of of the clintons no um I don't know, maybe, maybe i'll no i don't right i don't want to start anything in the chat johnny no <laughs> oh it's already in there just read it they're all bachelor <laughs> no i know um but yeah so awesome, guys. And we're going to continue here as we're going to break down some digital dollar developments in the United States. The Digital Dollar Project is leading a CBDC privacy discussions with some of the top universities, not only in the planet, I mean, not only in the country, but on the planet. So the Digital Dollar Project announced today a series of privacy focused roundtables in partnership with leading educational institutions, institutions such as Berkeley, MIT and Georgetown were three chosen to work on this project. They are going to fully explore the potential of a United States CBDC. It is imperative that we approach the conversation with an open mind and willingness to consider new initiatives and solutions. As the world becomes increasingly digital, and I love that validation there, privacy will become a global competitive edge for currencies. And the current privacy standards are looking to be enhanced on, but an attempt to enhance them could be a very interesting process, especially when you talk about a central bank digital currency, Johnny. What do you think about privacy concerns being the number one initiative within this article, as well as this digital dollar project going to MIT, Berkeley, and Georgetown in order to get some feedback? So here's the problem I have, right? We just talked about maybe yesterday or the day before, the Bank of England has actually connected with Ripple to do their tests on CBDCs. Right, Abs? I, mean, I know you got the article there. I know we did it yesterday or the other day. So they come out and they're working with the experts who've already done this in the space and they've created a proof of concept. And then here we are in America. Instead of going to the experts who've already done this, we're going to what? Three colleges? 
We're gonna go to three. We're gonna go to three colleges to go figure it out when we got a company that already has a goddamn system in place since half the world. Some of they the should just is- ask NFT tones. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. At that point, why not? So I have a big, big problem with it, and that to me is a big red flag that the the U.S. does not want any part of Ripple, and and you see the U.S. suing them in the SEC. So these things all raise questions in my head, like why. Why aren't you just going to Ripple? The Bank of England just did it. Why aren't you doing it? Why Why are you going to start over and reinvent the wheel from scratch when you know there's companies out there that have solutions in place? It makes no sense to me, Abs. I don't. I, that's the question that comes to my head. You ask me that. That that's 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 the red flag I see. And Jackie Johnny brought up something important, which is that the Bank of England actually referenced Ripple. In their cross-border payment article, it said cross-border synchronization is going to become adamant in this new payment solution. And a joint project with Ripple is demonstrating that synchronized FTX transactions in two different simulated systems can be achieved. And what that means is currently we have to wait days for banks to settle between each other. With this new update using Ripple's technology, we can do it instantaneously. And Johnny, while I was doing some research yesterday on the Bank of England, found out something pretty interesting. So JP Morgan is actually an owner of the Bank of England. You could actually consider the Bank of England an arm of JP Morgan, which is interestingly enough, I look forward to showing our listeners some articles on that tomorrow. But Jackie, I wanted to get some thoughts from you. What do you think about the digital dollar development as well as the Bank of England announcing they're using Ripple in a pilot program? Yeah. Um, I mean, regards to the first article that you showed, I, I agree with Johnny. I think it's kind of wild that they are going to... Um, different colleges and things like that. I mean, we see that a lot when uh, with technology getting developed, they do go to um, Ivy league schools and things like that. But the fact that we do already have a company within the U S right here, it is, it is kind of mind boggling there. There has to be something behind that. Um, So I will agree with you there. I wanted to point out though, um, the privacy narrative Uh, privacy will become a global competitive edge for currency. um, And the thing that, uh, it mentions privacy standards, things like that. This is another uh, niche, I guess I will say, in cryptocurrency that I believe has yet to pop off uh, for the next bull run from now until the next bull run. Um, we've talked about this on our calls within the 3T Warrior Academy as well as privacy coins. So I have one of mine that I am I'm a firm believer in uh, that I've kind of been pushing for about a year. So we'll see what happens. But just like that, um, kind of mentioned at the earlier at the earlier part of the show, you know, look for niches that have not gone off yet. I think privacy coins are definitely one of them. And so it's kind of cool to see, um, to see an article start to mention privacy standards and things like that, because that is something that will be needed and it will come about soon. Thank you, Jackie. And we got 421 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. We got some great articles today and we already went through most of them, but one of the things I wanted to touch upon, Jackie, was we had our ex-royalty NFT be launched. And I know you had some updates for our listeners. So before I pull up our last article, why don't you fill them in? Yeah, uh, thank you, Ab. So ex-royalty, guys, that is the official NFT project of the 3T Warrior Academy um, and of Coach JV. So if you are listening to the show, you're interested in it, we have links down below. Please go to xroyalty.io um, and you can see how to purchase. You will be purchasing uh, from a secondary market uh, called xrp.cafe. Um, we are firm believers of XRP uh, and XRPL. And so we this is why we launched on uh, the XRPL. Just to give some updates to our listeners uh, who are already in the project or have yet to be in the project, We are having our Freedom Conference 2023 coming up in April. And so we took a snapshot for that on February 1st. We did our first raffle drawing. And then we just did our second raffle drawing for that. So we had some open seats from the first raffle drawing. Uh, Then we had our second raffle drawing. So we are getting um, those seats filled up. Unfortunately, the snapshot to come in person has already taken place, but you are still able to join in the virtual conference. So you will be able to join online um, and watch that conference in April um, from the comfort of your own home. So uh, get into the project, guys. If you are interested in it, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. Uh, Super exciting, though. Um, I'm super excited to see some of our, our warriors in April in person. 
Um, and if you are interested in the coming any events in person uh, to meet Coach JV, to meet the team, anything like that, you will have to be a holder of X Royalty. If you're interested in ever watching any of the conferences, any of the live events, um, you have to be a holder of X Royalty. And we have some pretty cool perks coming down the road um, with some of our really rare NFTs. Some, you know, some people will be some lucky winners will be flying out here. We will be flying them out here. Um to Arizona, to the headquarters, to spend a weekend with Coach JV, with the team. Um, to kind of, yeah, to go, to kind of live what he does on a daily basis. You're going to be working out. You're going to be hitting some ice baths, going to dinner, things like that. So super exciting. That is coming down the, the way. Uh, so kind of keep your eyes out for that. Join our Discord, guys, uh, to get more information. Thank you, Jackie. Matt. I just want to say to our to our fans out there, what's really cool is if you want to meet anybody from the GMC staff, right? If you have, if you come to the conference, certainly there's that opportunity there to, to meet this crew here, as well as a lot of other folks behind the scene. There's a really, really good amount of folks here that have an awesome, awesome skill set, knowledge, and and what's really cool is you kind of get the sense to find your tribe, find those like-minded individuals. So it's really cool to meet in person. So, uh, yeah. Thank Sorry, you I will say really quick too, guys. I've never seen an NFT project execute on their utility as quickly as we have. I mean, in less than a month, we, you know, we created the snapshot. We already got the tickets, send it out. People are already, you know, purchased and ready to go for April. So the turnaround for this was insane. Um, I will give a shout out to the team for that. And um, super excited to be working with everybody on this. And yeah, really, really cool. Thank you so much, guys. And we're going to close this episode out with an interesting article talking about how David Schwartz is defining an XRP, sorry, a security versus a commodity. And Johnny, I think you're going to like this. So David Schwartz tweeted out, it's a simple way to tell us something is a security versus a commodity. If it gives you rights, it's a security. If it gives you abilities, it's a commodity. So to further Mistress's point, he also answered a question from another user on Twitter that's illustrated how oranges and IBM stocks are both securities. He noted, I guess somewhat, if you own an orange, you have the legal right to eat that orange, but it's not a contractual right you have to do, you have with anyone else. So it's purely a negative right. This is a really interesting article. It's just a play on words here, but I'd like to get some of your thoughts, Johnny, to close this out for today. David Schwartz calling out the SEC, making his case for why XRP is a commodity, not a security. What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I think all those guys are frustrated. This thing's been going on for two years, and they're they're trying to get their technology. As a technology guy, and, and David Schwartz being a technology guy, thank you, Aviator. Um, I think what's interesting is, you know, he just wants to see his technology out there and succeed. And it's hard when you've got, you know, this thumb pressing you down and holding you down. And so I get his frustration. And what he says is actually true about you know, right versus um, versus uh, ability. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot anybody could do now other than just wait on, on for when they're going to end this thing and pull the trigger on it. Johnny, I think this is a good way to close out the episode. 10-second clip here. Fox Business talking to Brad Garlinghouse stating, after the lawsuit, what could happen between the SEC, Ripple, and Facebook? Brad, look, if you do a good job, what's going to end up happening is Facebook is just going to buy you. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't know how to speculate on it. You know, acquisitions. Any, anything is possible in the matrix, Johnny Crypto. And Brad Garlinghouse knows something we don't. Libra was a coin launched by Facebook several years ago that was shut down by the government. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Facebook did try to get into the payments industry and acquire a company like Ripple. I don't believe that to be the case, but it's a cool conversation. What's it mean to you, my friend? Nah, I don't think it would be somebody like Facebook. It would be more like some type of company that's a financial monetary banking, maybe BlackRock. It would be something more, I think, like that that has a direct interest in redeploying that technology and something they do directly. Um, I, I don't, I mean, it's not, out, don't get me wrong. It's not out of the the question, um, the equation, I think, you know, cause, cause they will certainly, if they see where there's a way that it could add value in their metaverse, but, you know, but again, if you think about a, a payment system cross border, I'm not so sure they would need something like that, but they will buy what they need uh, if they don't have it. But I don't, I, I see a more likely scenario being, somewhere somewhere within i think one of the big banks or one of the banking um overseers would would be one that would most likely buy it if anything else jack we showed our listeners an uh, article talking about how bny mellon knows 91 percent of banks are betting that crypto is here to stay now we're showing a video from 2018 talking about how brad garlinghouse company could be acquired by facebook if they do what they're setting out to achieve really quickly we got about 60 seconds here jackie what does that mean to you and do you take these, these 
quotes seriously. Um, I definitely agree with Johnny. They could be acquired by someone higher. I don't think Facebook either. Um, that's just not really their realm, their niche. But if they did uh, buy some meta stock, I will say that. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that that actually looks really good. I mean, the fact that they're talking about that, again, blows my mind that we're still having these issues within the U.S. So 100 percent, Jack. And it brings me back to the tweet that we showed earlier today. OpenCoin was founded in 2005, and here we are in 2023 debating whether or not that's a security. We're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to the Node Defender behind the scenes. We got 367 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And tomorrow, we got Mark Yusko joining the program, so I am very excited for that show. Like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.